Attention everyone, this is an emergency broadcast. The loud frequency coming from your radio is not a mistake. Do not turn off your radio, but instead turn up your radio as loud as it can go. Do this so we can broadcast this frequency as loud as possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome to another episode of Game Stuff. I'm your gaming gal, Kalai, and with me today is Roberto. What's up, Roberto? Doing pretty good in this uh, quarantine time. It's a lean quarantine right here. I'm also joined by Joe. What's up, Joe? Month two of quarantine is starting to take its toll. Um, It's kind of eerie outside when you walk outside and there's nobody there. And when you see your neighbors and you're like, oh my god, a person. That's how I feel today. We are also joined by the Canadian himself, Corey. What's up, Corey? Not much. Just, uh, yeah, I feel the same as Joe. And to say it or not, I would rather actually right now not play video games and go outside and do something. But I just feel that as soon as you... I just look outside and I'm like, ah, there's an empty parking lot over there. I might just get on my skateboard or, you know, maybe go for like a run or do something. And then I see someone else and there's a bunch of people like sit in the parking lot with like lawn chairs sitting out with 10 feet of distance between each other having a conversation i'm like and then there's a spike that just happened here so i'm like i'm just gonna stay inside where it's safe yeah pretty much for those of you that are new to this podcast we are a conversational podcast for gamers by gamers about gaming today's topic of the show is we're going to discuss um games that we would like to be remastered and redone engines uh, after Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil have done that. But before we get into everything, let's pop into our backlog beatdown and see how everybody's doing. So JT is still in the lead with 57. CJ has 42. Daryl's at 30. Wait, how could Daryl be at 30? I don't know, he's a beast. He is a, you, you, he is a beast, because he bought like five games during the... During the um, the stream. I call shenanigans then. We might have to re. We have to. We might have to call for a recount. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. Who knows? It's Florida up in here. Uh, Joe, you have twenty six. Me, Ooh. I am at seventeen. I'm coming for you, Joe. James McCall's at sixteen. Tricky Mick is at fourteen. Homer gets stuffed is at twelve. Roberto is eleven. He's climbing the ranks there, Roberto. Gareth has eight. Levi has seven, T-Bird has five, Andrew ha- Middlemoss has three, uh, we have a newer participant, uh, Glenn, he has three, Jim has three, Derek has one, Joshua Craps has one, Corey has one, but that doesn't count, uh, Simon has one, Veronica has minus one, Zachary has minus one, and Daniel Jones, aka Frosty, has minus three because he got a switch. Oh boy. Isn't it a gift though? Didn't he get it as a birthday thing? Well, his wife surprised him on the stream with a switch. Yeah, but see, that is, I thought gifts were, like, given for, like, not a negative point. She didn't buy any games with the switch. He had to buy all the games himself. Oh, I see. So she just, that's, that's where it comes right. in. That's, that's, that hurts. That makes sense. See, I think I'm, yeah. I'm just gonna, like, start clocking all my games for the legit side quest. 
because I've actually beat some good long games. And at least that way, when it comes to my name and I have one, then it's just like, I, I have one, but negative 15. So then that's negative 14. Then that way it can just be like, Corey has three, but on the side quest. All right. So let's get into what we've been playing. Roberta, what have you been playing? <laughs> oh my goodness don't, um, don't take up the whole podcast here no no oh, oh yeah i see cory already busting his switch out because <laughs> all right <laughs> okay so i should turn on my stopwatch then on my phone and see in clock this i'm gonna thing. start time i'm gonna that, start right, timing you <laughs> okay no well this one honestly scared the living crud out of me and I would have to be advising people that you may want a second guess if you play this game. Because, granted, I don't play horror video games all the time. But this game was so scary that I'm still, like, not, like, myself, kind of, with, with, wait, with how wait, scary wait. it was. Terminator Resistance wasn't that bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we both went over this. No, this, this game is Infliction Extended Cut for the PS4. It's on the Xbox One. It's also supposed to be on its way to the Switch, hopefully soon. I'm guessing it's just, it got delayed because of porting reasons. But um, Blowfish is uh, porting it, and um, it, the game comes from Caustic Reality, a one-man developer. So, this game was scary. Um, I decided, like, I, I admit, like, horror, I decided to start on Saturday, and I was someone who just, like, I play, you know... I don't really play horror games. The last horror game I played was Slenderman, and that was okay. And then I played the Dead Space trilogy, but that was more like sci-fi action and horror. And then Resident Evil is kind of like it's horror, but it's more action too. Now, let me ask so, you. Let me ask you something about Infliction real quick. Is this a VR game? Because that would make it like ten times worse. Um, no, but it's extremely immersive. It's a it's a it's a first person experience. You enter a home where something horrible has happened. And the whole world, like, home and reality as we know it starts really messing with you in the worst way possible. It's terrible. It's, uh, in the sense of, like, you have no means to defend yourself, you have to search for clues, and you have to find a means to defeat the demon and maybe free what's happened there. That sounds uh, like when it, I go, when I'm going to go visit Joe for the first time, that's what's going to happen. I'm going to walk in there and I'm going to it's going to be like an unknown thing that like disasters happen inside this house. And I mean, I have no means of defense. I don't know what's going to happen, especially if I sleep in the guest room. I don't know what Joe's going to do at night. I'll right. protect you, Corey. Okay. It's so it's so infliction originally came out in 2017, 16 or 18 on the uh, on Steam. And then this is the, the extended cut is uh, the, 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 the console port version, which is optimized. So the game, it's sharp looking it's very much reminiscent of pt and it's clear that the guy was inspired by a lot of horror video games and suspenseful dark drama films like there's literally a trophy in there that you get that says roll on two and that's a nod to the green mile with uh, tom hanks and michael hark duncan quick question for you is this the one where you walk in the front entrance and if you go to the back where the kitchen is there's a the open glass shutter to the outside because I remember there being a game about a one guy developer that designed his game based on PT. 
And I'm just wondering if it's the same one. I'm thinking. I, of. I think so. So like you, because the beginning of the game, you actually enter through the side doors. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then there's the kitchen right there. Yeah, yeah. And then off to the left is the glass doors. You can go out in the. I think it. That's the original design. Not quite. It. Like like you go through the glass doors. Yeah. And then the kitchen's to your left. The hallways to your right. And then there's like a living room and stuff. Oh, okay. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's the same. Thing. Okay, so I've yeah, seen yeah, I've so... seen videos and I've seen a lot of streamers play this when it first came out. And God, that game looks scary. Yeah. So it is. Like, I played this during the daytime, because I said, I'm not playing this at night. And even during the daytime, I felt like my my back seize up, you feel the hairs, you feel, like, half your body get chilled. And then when the demon comes out, you just jump. Like, it's just, it's, and it's like, it. and even though it's a jump scare, it still got me freaked the hell out. And then there's still a lot of imagery that happens. And I think part of it is because of two things. First, I mean, I'll try and keep it short. I come from a sheltered background. I went to Catholic high school. I went to CCD. So I had fire and brimstone, that type of stuff, told my whole life. And that's the first thing. And, like, you know, when you're a kid, you believe that stuff. I mean, I remember my, like, uh, one childhood memory that freaked me the hell out. I saw the first Poltergeist. And the first Poltergeist, like, I saw it at the end. And it's basically when that giant butthole to hell, like, shows up in Mary Caroline's room. And they're, like, they're trying to be sucked in. That freaked me out. Like, I just, because I, I used to think in my room that a closet would open up and it would just suck me in. So that's the first thing. Okay, I, I'm um, just going to say from now on, we're going to have Roberto's segments. We're going to have an, a, a little nod to it that we're going to have spoiler alerts for movies, because Roberto is just all about this spoiling movies constantly. It's, but that's, it's from 1977. How did you guys not see this? It's a horror classic. But anyway, okay, let me keep going. And then... <sighs> And then, you know, I had, like, I went to Catholic school, I had fire and brimstone and all that stuff told my whole life, so, the, in this, like, I'm not, I'm going to try and be careful here with the game, the thing, the, the horrible thing that's happened yeah, sp- is, is tailored to real don't life. Don't spoil it like you did you Terminator. Have, right, I mean, which I honestly would say there should be a content warning. You, this game deals with aspects of, like, mental health and, and like, real mental health despair, like, you have prenatal depression depression and all sorts of different things that happen i don't want to spoil but there's a lot of different things i have to warn players like if this makes you feel uncomfortable then it's okay not to play do you think you just... should warn players that they should wear a diaper or some type of thing just in case they defecate themselves while I mean, being not, so scared not... should we have it? i mean kojima said himself the next game he makes that's going to be like pt it's not going to make us pee our pants as he said his whole goal is to make us shit ourselves so I'm just, I'm just put my, I'm gonna be ready, man. He puts out a horror game, I'm gonna be diaper ready. I'm gonna shit myself. Yeah, I'll know. shit myself from his horror walking sim that he comes up with. <laughs> but in any case, I think that's what's so scary about it. It's just because you open journals and there's a voiceover, and you, you, and it, the voiceover, you like, there's a woman in there, and you he, feel her pain and despair about something very tragic that's happened, and you start like plugging into that emotion and you go about this home that once had a lot of love and something horrible happened. And it's like, you're trying to piece together what happened. Then the game starts like really playing tricks on you. Cause then you open a door and you don't know what's going to be on the other side. And I'm going to tell you this, it does. It's, it's it visually the, the game goes to a lot of different dimensions at one point, not spoiling anything. Again, the game becomes like a watercolor painting at some point, And it's just, uh, it's it's true. It's basically that these guys really 
the well, the, well, the, the, the caustic reality, um, Kyle, I forgot his name, but uh, <laughs> I can't think of it off the top of my head. But it's true, it, it really feels as if he was passionate and enthusiastic about this entire experience. Every little thing is it like is interactive. The clues that you collect really heighten the story and the sense of dread. Like you feel unease the whole time. You feel uh, like just not comfortable. You feel like something is wrong the whole time. And this the thing feeling at least for me lingers long after you, the credits roll. Even now I'm like I'm still a little freaked out about it. I actually was writing the review earlier today and uh, to post on Marooners Rock. And I still don't feel like right. I, I just like I just think back to the point where my heart was in my throat because the demon was close. The the screen starts to distort, and then you start hearing a sound, and I, and you don't know where she comes from because she can come from anywhere. And she'll just and the demon will just leap from a dark corridor right at you like a bullet, and then just take you out, you know. And <laughs> um, and then you have her like just show up behind you when you least expect it the only it, there's a way to fight her later but um were, were these developers at pax east the blowfish was uh the publisher was at pax uh, east and west uh they i actually played the demo at west yeah single guy if i'm correct and he doesn't he hasn't gone yes. to anything because he's just still he's producing another game if i'm correct or working that, on i don't know about that but um i i imagine he is um but yeah, like I played it at West and I appreciated it for what it was. Like it wasn't like it was something that was challenging but not impossible. I mean, there were several puzzles that were pretty hard, but um but they but it was just overall a really genuine horror experience and I, I commend this guy a lot because it it's true. It really feels like he wanted to go out of his way to not just make a game with monsters. And it's horrifying because the monsters are horrifying. He wanted to make a horror video game. And make you feel true bone chilling horror, the kind of which that lingers with you. So, uh, the only drawback is that it's short. And with that, I'm going to move on to my next game. But just my final note is Infliction. If you're in for a horror experience that's going to that that's definitely un- unforgettable, and you want to have that experience for 14.99 or I think no 19.99. Yeah, this is worth it. It's worth it. Um, and I the new the game studio. plus. I, what's up? I met the studio. I talked to the studio. Oh, okay. So, what, did he say anything to you, or the, uh, at East or anything? They were at East, but of course, it was two guys, not the developer, because they said he doesn't really come right. to events. Yeah. And one of the guys I was talking to was actually about Infliction, and he was like, "Yeah, I haven't played the game. It's just too scary even for me." <laughs> yeah, like I said, just that's the content warning. I just have to say, like, you know. Depression is just the tip of the iceberg with what this game covers. Um, there might be things that might get too intense. So, so just a warning: play during the daytime, play with a guide, or play with a friend if you need, if you want to. Um, but just to give you the heads up. But otherwise, this is a very fantastic horror experience. It's definitely, it's I'm calling it the best horror game on PS4 right now, and definitely the best horror game of 2020. So, um, yeah. So moving on. Um, I'm at eight minutes, so um, five, I'm gonna give myself seven more minutes. So, because I'm timing myself, I, I was I told you I time myself. Um, okay. So uh, the next game I played, I finally platinumed Legend of the Skyfish, and uh, that was a very good game for Rattalaka. That's basically like an ice a, a top down adventure game where 
Your fishing hook is kind of like your uh, is like your weapon. It's actually really really nice, and uh, I banished the platinum that. So thank you to Crescent Moon Games, Rattleika, the developers of uh, of Legend of Skyfish. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, next up, I played Steel Rats. Has it? Have I talked? I I believe I talked about it before, but have you guys heard of that? I mean, I've heard of like regular rats. Biker mice from Mars. Oh, biker. Are we talking about like the the, biker mice? The original (laughs) like mice from Mars. Like the original like animated show that came out however many years ago. Kind of like I I mentioned that because it's kind of in that vein, except humans and robots. No uh no biker mice from Mars. But I would that that that's 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 missing a very far aspect of you know that was the best part about biker mice from Mars is that they're from Mars and they're mice. Yeah, these are yeah. robots. Not like, they're not mice, and they're not from like, Mars. But just like just like the butt ugly Martians, which they were pretty butt ugly. You gotta admit. But anyways, anyone butt ugly Martians? No. Okay. Uh, Mars attacks. <laughs> All right. Anyways, what? Are we like Mars attacks? We're we talking are, about like that butt ugly? No, no. There was there, there was a cartoon on Nickelodeon called but Ugly but uh butt ugly Martians. It was literally called that. Really? It's. I don't remember that one. Yeah. If, it fell in the cracks between Jimmy Neutron and uh, whatever shows they had at the time, but it was not a, it was a, an immeasurably bad show. Um, it's probably why never just the way everything's it. animated. Yeah, it's terrible. I mean, I'd, I'd encourage you to look it up just as how bad it is. Uh, Saber Spark, actually, uh, a YouTuber, he he covers it pretty well. Anyways, moving on, um, so I can get to you guys. Uh, Steel Rats is actually a side-scrolling action game where you are on a motorcycle and you fight alien robots on the motorcycle in like a 1950s 60s type city sounds like a lot of confusion no well you're on the motorcycle and instead of being a guy on the ground with a gun shooting things you're a guy on a motorcycle using cool technology and guns to fight robots but you said you said it was like based in a world of like 1950 that's why i was kind of like confused because it's like yeah 1950s like... but and wait robots... what's it called Steel rats. Why is it, was it, why wasn't it called Strats of Rage? <laughs> rats of Rage. Okay, that could have made sense. Um, yeah, because you are because the point is that the Steel Rats are like the Avengers. They're like the little gang, a motorcycle gang, and uh, you gotcha. know you got several characters, and they all have different abilities and skills. It's neat, like you know, like War of the Worlds, how that was just, just described and depicted the old school world of the world that there were Martians and the Martians had robots and things like that. And you probably saw the Tom Cruise one. Yeah. So it was something like that. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're going for. That like these robots come and they start tearing up the city and it's up to you guys to solve it. So the cool thing about the game is that you, the motorcycles, everything, and you navigate the levels like in a very peculiar way. Like you, I mean, so Unfortunately, Kali, I don't think you're gonna like this because motorcycles. So, <laughs> um, so you go and you can like do you t- like you'll go through different obstacles of the game. Um, so it's not just straight through. Like you'll have to go up. So you'll do like U turns around certain fa- parts of like a factory or some structure. You'll um, you'll be cutting through uh, obstacles in the road. Your main front wheel has a buzzsaw that you can hit hold X, and it just cuts through anything. And that's essential for getting scrap. And you'll also have special abilities that help fight the robots. You have, like, a handgun that could work, but you also have, like, a drone that could help you out for one character. This shockwave power for one another character. It's uh, pretty neat. 
And then also, since uh, your, your, your front blade can turn into a buzzsaw, it can also go up and down on specific structures. So, like, you could be on a road, and then you turn that on, and you can just ascend upwards 90 degrees to something that you need to get to. It's neat. Uh, visually, it's pretty stunning. I like the, the, the artistic direction, and um, I'm looking forward to 100%ing uh, that soon. Uh, finally, I'm going to wrap this up. Uh, I played a little more Dragon's Crown. Still working on that. Uh, I started Bleed, which was actually pretty cool. Uh, does, have you guys heard of Bleed? Yeah, I actually think I own it. Yeah. So, that's a hard game. <laughs> I didn't expect it to be so hard, but I'm playing on normal. I'm just like, yo, this is, this is difficult. So, Bleed is, for those that don't know, it's an older game. It came on the PS4 Steam a long time ago, and then it made, made its way to consoles. And basically, you're a young girl that's just uh, minding her business, but she's tired of heroes in the world, and she wants to be the hero while everybody else gets to be retired. So she just runs around and shoots the heroes and stuff like that. But the heroes are like, don't care. They're not people. They're like monsters and aliens or whatever. And uh, so you use like RPGs and guns and things like that. So it's it's pretty cool. I like the attitude. I like the action. But it is difficult, even on normal. So um, you definitely have to warm your knuckles up for that one. And lastly, I'll say that I played uh, Embers of Merum. Anybody? Never heard of it. Nope. Nope. So this game came, it came out in uh, 2017. It was actually, um, it's a side-scroller action platformer in a side, in like a, fan, it's like a, what are those like fantasy settings? It's like a little sci-fi-ish, you know? Um, Steampunk? It's, no, 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 not like that. Um, oh. Because the, the the premise of the game is, there's two there's these creatures. They look like cats, but they and like cats spliced with wolves, like something along those lines. That's the best way I can. A furry and <laughs> something <laughs> like that. Uh, <laughs> so you got the oh I, oh my god I'm gonna be, I have to be careful with my words here. You've got the black furies. They do their thing and they have different powers, and then. You've got the White Furies, they do their thing, they got their powers, and some calamity happens, and then the game begins with two of them fighting, the black one and the white one, and then they get meshed up with some energy, and they become one. A domination. And now, you're like, yeah, so you got black and, like, you're, you're, you're not, I don't know what, I guess that's gray, but no, you're not gray, you're like, you got black fury parts of yourself and white fury parts of myself, of yourself, um, in one creature. So what you do is you go and have to liberate this this world from corruption and uh, there's a lot of evil so it's like a little uh, I guess like if you're in, if you played or in the will of the wisps or anything like that you're in the somewhat of the same ballpark it's not it's not quite the same they're completely different games but uh, one nice thing is that to solve puzzles you have to split your spirit into embers and then navigate certain things and then um, so then like you dematerialize into like a glowing spark thing, and then you rematerialize as a black and white furry, uh, fury furry thing, and it's nice. The music's nice. The visuals are nice. It's sharp. It's a good adventure game that's not terribly backbreaking, and you don't feel like it. It's not like terribly difficult, but it's 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 you know, it's good. So that's gonna wrap it for me. I have a bunch of Nintendo Switch games that I also play, but I'm gonna mention them for next week. And uh, keep on playing. So, Joe, how about you? I played a lot of games this week. Um, first off, I started Control uh, by Remedy. Uh, it's a really awesome game. Um, dig. I'm not digging the story too much. I don't. Did any of you? Did any of you? 
Anyone else play uh, Control yet? I know Clyde did. Did anybody else? That's definitely going to come up soon in the backlog. So, from what I gathered, is the whole point of Control, which is an actual term used in the game, is you control, like, points in the borough. Like, you retake control of them, and that's the premise of the game is, like, I guess you're retaking back control of the borough from the Hiss. The Bureau. The Hiss. Yeah, the Hiss. Oh, the Bureau. Yeah, okay, a, so... Not a Bureau, it's a Bureau. Like, a Bureau of bureau. Investigation. Right, right. But... Mm-hmm. So, the main character is kind of boring. She's kind of like, I don't know, she's kind of one-note. Clyde, do you have any kind of, like, feedback on her? I thought she was kind of one-note as a character. Well... See, here's the thing. You kind of didn't explain the plot correctly, so I don't know if you got the plot correctly. Yes. No, because I, I, I didn't at all. Alright, you want to explain it, Kalai? Because, like, like I, I'm getting... I was getting a little confused when I was playing it, so... Okay. <laughs> so you play Jesse Faden. She comes to the Bureau of... It's basically weird artifacts to find her brother. Something happened to her brother. In doing so, she is confronted with a gentleman who kills himself, and she's forced to take his gun. And you play as Jesse Faden trying to find your brother. In doing so, you do have to take the Bureau back from what is called the Hiss, you're correct. So she does have a lot of um, layers to her, which you don't find out till later in the game. Okay. But here's the thing with any Remedy game, and you probably are going to miss a lot of it. Remedy is great for story, and they're great for embedding their story into collectibles. So if you pick up the collectibles and you read them, you get more of who she is. Nah, I ain't about that life. Yeah, I I ain't about that that reading collectibles life. That, yes. that's sh- in that case, if you ever play Affliction, you have to pick them up too. So shit's um, reading. What the fuck is that? We're in 2020. If it doesn't read it to me, then no. Reading is power. Reading rainbow. I do not want to take a look in a book at all. I want to play a damn game. I want to escape reading because I read all day for work. But anyway, so I was playing the game, and yeah, Jesse. I I didn't feel like Jesse Faden was that like great of a character. I do understand why it won Game of the Year, because the gameplay is phenomenal. And it's so buttery smooth. And it almost wants to make my PS4 blow up. <laughs> I was gonna ask. Like, it, it's, it's buttery seri- smooth, it's buttery oh, smooth but my PS4 is like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Um, I've been I, I've been hearing like for people playing the FF Seven remake in particular, like they're they're even their pros start sounding like I haven't had a problem with FF Seven making my Gen Gen Engine hum, or but Control Control does, does big time Control. Wow. It, yeah, it was when Control first released. Like you couldn't even play it on a PlayStation. There was an actual update that allowed him to play it. Yeah, I, I still don't think I can play it. Oh. I wonder if that update didn't even get downloaded because it just updated another. It just uploaded another update to it today. So I'm like. And I got it through PS Now. Oh, which if you guys are listening to this, and I think the deal will still be going on next week when the episode releases, uh, definitely hit up PlayStation Now right now because the deal is forty four ninety nine for a whole entire year. It's actually really worth it. It's down from sixty bucks a year to forty four. So, so what I can tell you is they. W- I have a feeling that that game will be redone, remastered for the PS five. Well, Corey and I were talking about this last night. We think that. 
the PS5 will get the Remedy Collection, and all three games will come together. Similar to how and that, that way, yeah. Similar to how and they that way, it's it not done, right? No, no, I don't think they'll do that. Only because it won't fit on the hard drive. I'm. You well, know, no, but there, there's, there. We don't. So, so far, they haven't told what the hard drive size <laughs> is. But I mean, from what I've been hearing, when it comes to that, it what they're gonna do, which is kind of, I hope it's not gonna happen because from what I've been hearing, it's gonna be pretty friggin' stupid. Is they're gonna try to make it like a friggin' PC where the main hard drive is going to have so much on it and then you're going to buy an external that has the base of the game so it uses certain parts of your main hard drive to run things i hope to god that's not what they do with this thing but i don't know we'll see but i i don't know like me yeah me and joe were talking about the idea that i think if they're going to bring them all out they have to bring out the idea that we haven't we don't have all three kind of is really weird the idea that okay alan wake was on xbox made sense because you know xbox bought rights to that and then quantum break came out but then quantum break didn't sell and i think that's why they got put in the position where they're like control has to go multi-console because even shitty games like max Payne 3 sold a lot because it was on both but uh you know they've got a so i think that's why control came out for both and i think that's why they're gonna have to release the trilogy max Payne I mean, 3 shitty really you think so no um, what i'm saying <laughs> but i mean it's just what we're seeing we've been seeing lately is that sadly a lot of developers are having to go multi-console for the sole purpose of just trying to make their money unless you're final fantasy 7 but uh you know well the only thing i was going to say was if you think it looks it runs nicely on the P- playstation it's going to run amazing on a ps5 exactly because i think they're going to build uh, those are going to be the games they're going to i don't think they're going to remaster it per se for ps5 but they're definitely it's going to be that game that gets that update that makes it so it uses the ps5's full extent they'll make a fucking remaster so they have to sell you another disc and that's what i just said they don't they're not going to make a remaster they're going to make it so it's the game they choose to have the updates that fully uses the ps5 maybe um so i just i got to the part kali like right after you answered the phone so like i just answered the phone and i i just got the power where you can you can, like, dodge and throw shit through walls, which is the coolest freaking thing ever, guys. Like, when you learn how to throw shit, that's awesome. It looks awesome. Like, you just pick up things, you just hurl them through windows and people, and it's fun. That was fun. That was really fun. Um, The game's kind of challenging, because while it has a map, the map's pretty shitty. And you can't, like, just, like, toggle it with the touchpad. You have to, like, press up. But, like... You can move while the map's displayed, but then it's it's not like a map like HUD in like the corner of the screen. It takes up like the whole screen. Is there a way okay, to change? Joe, I was like, Kali, before you answer this question, we just got to remember that Joe's not the greatest at video games. So so. <laughs> oh, is there a way to Where change you- the map? Well, I had no problem with the map, but I played on PC. How does that make a difference if the map's covering the screen while you're walking? I don't think I ever had that problem. She never had to open it, Joe, because she knew where she was going because she was paying attention. I also Not listen to podcasts while playing video games. Yeah, probably. It's probably yeah. I mean, <laughs> but but I'm, but I'm enjoying the combat in that game. It's pr- it's pretty sweet. It plays similar to Mass Effect as far as like the shooting goes. It's not like the greatest shooting, but it's not the worst. Um, once you finally get told, you can actually like duck. Like they don't tell you that until like you fought a bunch of enemies. <laughs> They, they they don't like it's so funny so you get to like this one part where she's like oh yeah and you could dodge objects and i was like 
Why the fuck wouldn't you tell me this, like, when I first learned how to shoot things? You're waiting all this wait, because wait, wait. it, it I expected you to, like, use the controller and figure things out. I was gonna ask Corey, like, that was, like, the first thing I did. Let me see. Oh, look, I could die. No, I don't do that yeah, shit anymore. I like, just go balls. It's like, I just pushing, go balls it's to the like, wall. It's like now. Final Fantasy VII. It's like every time there's anything, it gives you this giant menu of how to do it. And I'm like, you don't think I can figure that out? No, those I skip because I've played RPGs before. But, like, this, I didn't know you could duck. I was like, and I was like, maybe it's circle. <laughs> no, it's not circle. <laughs> also, I've played other Remedy games, so I figured it out real quick. Oh, because they all have the same, like, yeah. control, c- control scheme? It's like Yeah, a- they're all pretty much the same when it comes to the combat, which I kind of like in a game, because when I pick up the game, I don't have to go, okay, I gotta learn new controls, because I know the controls. So I thought it was interesting that, like, you learn how to you learn how to uh, take control of like the different areas, and then they like certain areas become like areas where you can fast travel, which made it really cool because it would open up the ability to travel back quickly to other areas in the game instead of being stuck in like one specific area and having to walk all the way back. Yep, I definitely want to get back to it. I definitely I told Corey like I don't want to stop playing this game now because I want to know what happens that's next. Pretty much, that's pretty much what happened. With yeah, me. you beat it in like three days, didn't you? I did, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what's gonna happen to me. I played it for a good four hours last night, so I'm I'm about like a third through it already, which is crazy. Like, yeah, pretty yeah. much. I just looked up the trophies. Um, according to PowerPicks.com, it'll take you about twenty five hours to one hundred. Yeah, I heard it's not it's not a bad platinum. It's a lot of collectibles, uh, but like right. dossiers and stuff to pick up. But like I said, I don't read them, so I just pick them up. Uh, uh, yeah, which by the way, apparently, um, I'm a little bit better at video games. I was told only because I said in the stream I'm gonna I'm gonna lobby one here in the stream, but you weren't there. I said, "Oh, I 100% Terminator Resistance," and I was told, "Oh, that's good. At least you're better than Joe, who only half asses his trophies." Oh, was that was that JT? Oh, throwing the half ass yeah. trophy. It was JT. I called him out for it as soon as I stepped on the stream on uh, Sunday. For those of you guys who don't know, um, we participated in the um, the Loop Bros 12 hour stream to um to pretty much uh what was it Help let's have some marshall dimes, dimes. yes Mark. thank you and uh we had a really good time and there was a pretty good turnout we raised over we raised like 400 dollars, didn't we we did raise 400 dollars. we also learned some interesting video game facts we learned that frosty has moves like jagger and mm-hmm. he's amazing at dancing. Uh, if you haven't checked out that video and you're a member of the Loot Bros podcast Facebook page, I would go there quickly and watch Frosty bust a move, literally. Uh, we also watched Frosty get a Switch. That was pretty cool. I know we've mentioned that multiple times on... No, no. I think we mentioned that before the show. But yeah, Frosty got a Switch and a whole bunch of minus threes. Um, but yeah, going back to what I played this week. Uh, what... wait, wait, wait. Was there something else we learned on the stream? I half-ass video games. We learned no, that already. Didn't we learn Capcom? Oh shit! Yeah, that's an interesting story for this podcast. So our our friend and uh, I guess founder of the Proven Gamer Network and and uh, host of the former flagship podcast Trophy Whores, he uh, and and the divi- number one division player wastes his time. <laughs> he's, he's the best math student ever. Um, so he made. The most ridiculous comment I've ever heard anyone make. He literally said that Capcom was not a developer. And he said that Capcom didn't make Mega Man. Yeah, let that sink in for a few seconds, guys. 
Wow. So that that um, <laughs> that's enough internet for the day. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like I I think we should just sh- shut the show down here because I can't say anything that's more funny than the statement I just said right there. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he got proven wrong, he's like, "Well, you still get video games," and I was like, "Thanks, Tricky. Thanks." Anyways, what else have you been playing? Oh, what else did I play this week? Oh, a lot of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Like, an absurd amount of Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Too much. Yeah, like, I played the the entire time we were doing the 12-hour stream, I played Kakarot, so that was 12 hours there, and then for the rest of the weekend, I kind of played most of the weekend, so I think I'm up to, like, 40, almost 45 hours of gameplay time, and I just finished the Cell Saga. And I'm ready to take on Majin Buu now. Uh, what I can say is that oh, the game job. is the game awesome. is very. Thank you, Roberto. I would say anyone who's a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, like I say every time I talk about this game, should play this game because it's a it's a really good um, adaptation of the anime from start to finish, especially for the main like core story of Z, which goes from like Saiyan all the way to Majin Buu. It it really captures all those like iconic moments, but it also ca- copies uh, captures a lot of the good filler stuff too. Like I had to play a mission where I had to I had Goku had to go get his license, so that was awesome. So I had to go race race Piccolo through the streets, picking up like um, dots. Like I was playing Grand Theft Auto collectible racing uh, mini game or uh, mission, and I was like, they put this in the game. That's pretty cool. Like. Okay, all I, I could think of is Goku going to the DMV and standing in line when you said you had to get his driver's license. He does, though. It's an episode. It's an episode. That's like the entire episode. He's like, uh, I need a license! <laughs> Wait, are you sure it's not five episodes? Because that's the way Dragon Ball Z happens. Well, the first episode is like, I'm gonna take you on. The second episode is like, no, you're not. I'm gonna crush you. And, that's, and then the third episode is like, uh, for a whole episode. Cause you know he's got to power up those attacks, <laughs> and then he, and then he finally and then he collide, and then he finally turns the key to start the engine in the car. <laughs> well, the, ah, that's how the engine sounds too. It's gonna sound to horrible when I have to go. And then he and then he goes and fills up the tank full of gas, and he's like, ah. <laughs> and then when he goes to pay for it, and his credit card doesn't work, he's like, ah, I can't pay for this. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm so like, so like I said I'm on the Majibu saga now. I just started it up and I learned oh I learned very quickly that uh once you get to sell the cell games like the difficulty kind of spikes there because sells like really high level and if you don't put like so I have this tendency of playing games and not like upgrading my characters and making games harder than they should be because I don't like use the customization menus correctly. So he forgets. Yeah, oh, I forgot. It's more forgetting. So, so it's more forgetting. So well, in his defense, games like uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two, they don't just upgrade automatically. Like you can't be like, oh, look, no, I, I forgot to go- level. You have to go to. You have to go sleep. Yeah, yeah. No, Joe remembered anything that requires him to like do something else. <laughs> no, it's like, hard. It's like Mad it's- Max. It's like I'm. Oh yeah, I'm like, I was gonna hey, tell Joe. a story right now. I was actually gonna tell a story. So Mad Max, I didn't upgrade Max. For like the entire second and third act of the game until I got to like the last area. So I was playing with like a level like two or three max when I had like everything I could have had everything unlocked with how much I played the game. And then so, I'm sitting there, I'm oh like, God, I'm like, wow. I'm like, hey Joe, and he's like, How do you like Mad Max so far? I'm like, it's pretty good. Hey Joe, how come you didn't collect the cars? He's like, I didn't find a need to do it. I'm like, 
you do realize that when you collect certain cars, you get the upgrades from those cars to be able to put on your car, right? He's like, really? He's like, I just thought you got all the upgrades through playing through the game. I'm like, oh boy. Yeah, so oh I, str- boy, I so I struggled in that game for the re- the, for just not like. Not paying attention, but also, like, putting the game down for too long and then going back to it and realizing that, like, oh, shit, I don't remember how to play this. Or upgrade anything. So once I upgraded everything at the end of Mad Max, I destroyed the last boss without even, like, dying once because I was so overpowered. And then also, in, and then also I'm listening to Joe while he was doing this in Dragon Ball Z. He's like, oh, man, I keep on dying. He's like, let me go do this training mission. Does it training me? Oh, I killed him in, like, two hits. Yeah, because the training missions are on, like, level 25, and I'm level 49 now. So I'm just, like... <laughs> I'm just, like, throwing... I throw, like, the basic attack. Like, I just press the square button and throw, like, a like a regular, like, like uh, a Kai Blast at him, and it just kills him in one hit. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm really high level. And then he goes and fights Cell. He's like, oh, I should have done this before. I would have taken, like, oh, yeah. hours to and then fight when I Cell. Fig- <laughs> and then when I figured out that, uh... I should carry uh, sensu beads with me, and it just made every fight- <laughs> it just made every fight broken. Because once I got down to like one hit of life left, I just used a sensu bean, and I had full health again. So like everything I fought, it didn't matter anymore because I just spam attacks. Because if I got Remember hit, I would just use when it a gave me sensu beans so that I could use them. Yeah, yeah, I don't use I- them. I just no, I ignored that I for like I the forgot fir- about. It. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once I got to sell, he got hard. And okay, so enough like. <laughs> enough <laughs> let's rate it in a little um i played one more game this week like for more than i would say 10 hours and that was um octopath traveler and i really really oh, good. Okay. fell back in love with this game and it's kind of like the only game i've been playing on the switch i really like abandoned my animal crossing village i'm sorry tropico i'll be back someday <laughs> but, but uh animal crossing i'm animal crossing but octopath traveler has really like garnered my attention on the switch and it's really what i've been playing when i don't want to play ps4 which sounds kind of like sacrilegious that i don't want to play my ps4 but there's time that comes when like you don't want to play games for trophies anymore or like to play something to beat it you just want to play something to enjoy it and i feel like sometimes i lose sight of that playing video games and it's very important not to do that um not that i don't enjoy playing video games but i feel like sometimes Trophy hunting sucks all the fun out of playing games sometimes. And you guys can probably relate JT! to that. JT! JT! <laughs> anyway, so I've been chatting with Corey on PSN, and I'll just um, switch the auxiliary on my TV, and I'll play Switch while I chat with him on PS4. And I've been playing a lot of Octopath Traveler. I beat, I've, I'm on the final prologue for the first eight characters of the game, and then I'll proceed to all their chapter ones because that's how i want to play the game i just want to play each person's chapter in a row instead of just blasting through each person's eight chapters like in one sitting uh, which is how most people play it but i don't want to do it that way i kind of want to enjoy the story in a slow kind of monotonous fashion and also with rpgs i tend to over over level my characters but but i also like to I like to experience RPGs. They're not games I like to rush through or play quickly or just beeline to the finish line. I really like to immerse myself in the world and like what what encompasses that world. And I really love the art style of Octopath Traveler and I really love the time and energy that Square took and put into this game. It really feels like an homage to like Final Fantasy 6 and Final Fantasy 5. And the the eight characters are very very vast and different. I wish that there was more interaction between all the characters in general. And there's not, and that's like the saddest part 
of Octopath Traveler. It's a, it's what turned a lot of reviewers off to the game is that it doesn't really have a lot of connection story to story beat. Like each each character story is kind of like its own game in itself, its own short like maybe four or five hour game, and then all of them together make up like this thirty hour experience. But like I said, I'm about twenty hours in, and I'm about to finish all the prologues. And then once I finish that, I'm just gonna keep playing. I'm gonna go chapter by chapter through each each set of characters. But uh, I I suggest that if you guys have a Switch and you don't have Octopath, and you're and you need like an RPG to fill that itch. I think that Octopath is a good option. Uh, uh, Oh, no, Roberto went already. Corey, what have you been playing? Well, I'll make this quick. I've been playing two things, unlike Joe. Um, I played more Final Fantasy VII, because I actually enjoyed the game. I've made myself a goal to beat one level on hard or gain a trophy every single day, so that I can, until I platinum it, which I screwed up the other day really pissed me off unlike because just like joe i was paying attention to other things which was joe talking and uh ended up beating an entire chapter on hard except for all i needed was to just key the cutscene in order to go to the next chapter um i made the mistake of being like well i've done everything in this chapter i can do i don't feel like 100 percent beat the side quests that are in it so i'm going to just skip out of this chapter guess what chapter's not beat on hard anymore that's right the other game I played was Need for Speed. Um, I picked up Need for Speed Heat because I've... Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I've been a Need for Speed fan with the old ones. Like, I really liked Underground. I really like a lot of what they did there. I really lost sight of it when they started doing the more realistic sim racing. And then Rivals, I was like, oh, Rivals will bring me back. And that was garbage. And then and then they're like, oh, well, Payback will bring me back. And then I played that. And Payback was okay, but it tried too much to be like the crew. That's what I didn't like about it, but I can tell you yeah, right now. Yeah, I had now, the whole gotcha, I had the gotcha thing with the upgrade systems where it's like you had to like roll to hopefully get the car to get the stinking upgrade. Yeah, I, I, I could. Yeah, and I hated I like, systems what like the hell that. Are thinking. Yeah, well, it's because they did that with uh, Rivals. Did the I don't, one of their other games did the same thing. It was that uh, Crew did that. That's why they did that. This Crew does that, but Crew makes sense right. doing it because Crews at least you can drive through events and be like. Oh, here, I'm going to go do this event and then do it. But whereas uh, this Need for Speed Heat, I kid you not, is probably the best Need for Speed game I've played in a long time. Really? Yes. That's great to hear. Good. It's good. So like, It's is easy. It... It's easier. Like It's not like it, they've made it so it's a lot more of an arcade racer like it used to be. And it still has its challenging moments for people that played the old Need for Speeds. And I like the idea that it, it makes it like I'm not really putting a lot of time into it. I'm not sitting there trying to grind my way through, but it's doing really well, and I feel that has a nice pacing thing as well. Good, okay. Yeah. Um. So, like, what about the story and the vehicle selection? And, like, is it, does it, and then is it, does it feel like <laughs> Miami? I, I, I'm going to be is honest. It, I, I've, I don't know what they, like, story, I could give a rat's ass. I don't care. I know I have to beat people no. in a race, and that's about as far as Need for Speed games need to go. Um, car selection-wise, it's actually good. They've actually brought back a lot of what was missing in the old car games, like in Payback and especially Rivals. I found that it was like, here, do you want an Audi or a Lambo? Those are your two choices. Like, there was no in-between. You couldn't own your 2015 Honda 
or your like Mitsubishi Lancers, like the middle of the road tier supercars. But you know, I found that it's it does the best it can do at everything, and I find that for right now, especially being on sale on the spring sale right now for that deluxe edition, it's well worth the pickup. But okay, good. So Kalai, that you've been waiting patiently for forty five minutes there. What have you been playing? Well, I've been playing a lot of games. Um, some of them I'll let you know, but I'm not really going to talk about them because they're pretty much, you know, you'll know them. Um, I, I'm i working on the pre-sequel again, uh, Borderlands the pre-sequel. Uh, I mean, the game is not the best in the series, but it's still fun. I should beat that this week, I think. I am. Which on- character are you uh, playing in that one? Claptrap. Yeah! Claptrap's the oh, best. Okay. The chaos ensuing Claptrap. Where you have yeah, no idea was... what the hell you're doing whenever you use your special move. Yeah, but the problem is it also affects all your teammates and I'm playing with oh, two other people. Oh, that's the best time. I That's what I did with it. It's like, oh, Corey, stop using your special. You're making everybody have low gravity. I'm like, I don't care. Claptrap! <laughs> um, so, I've been really enjoying that. I actually uh, played and beat uh devious dungeon one i 100 it today good job good job oh good okay i'm a big devious dungeon fan so that was a lot of fun um it's a rattle of game but it's a quick rattle of game that it's kind of like a little pu- adventure like it's just a fun game to play if you're looking for something like a palette cleanser i got back into xenoblade chronicles 2 which i really haven't talked about because i'm stuck on a boss so i kind of got to go level the other characters and open up some abilities. It can be a little bit difficult in that game. Um, I also... So, Thursday was my birthday, and I got a whole bunch of games, including, and I started playing, Borderlands 2 VR. Oh, God. Oh, wow. So how was that? I Another... think we're just gonna be like, we're gonna just call Kalai, like, ha- Kalai, hashtag Borderlands overplayed God. Hmm. It is well. I'm playing. I'm playing um, the Gunzerker because I thought you know two guns in one in each hand would be really awesome to play. It's so much fun to see all these characters in 3D and in virtual reality. So that makes it really fun. I can't play it for long periods of time. It's also a bit on the buggy side, which doesn't surprise me. So if you've ever played Borderlands, there's a diamond that shows you where you need to go for the character you need to talk to. Well, the first character you see in Borderlands 2 is Hammerlock. That diamond is centered on his chest. However, the game didn't take into account that Hammerlock walks around and sits down. So, when he sits down, the diamond is on his chest like it's supposed to be. When he stands up, the it's diamond doesn't move. <laughs> it is on his dick. Yeah! <laughs> Kalai's just like, Let, give me that dick, give me that quest. <laughs> Yeah, so that so just Clyde's like, hey, Jim, I'm trying to hit the quest buster and I can't figure it out. (laughs) I'm just trying to hit it. Close quest all all up in her mouth. Hey, hey, Joe, just I'm trying to hit the. And then Jim just walks in. Clyde, what are you doing? She's like, I'm trying to get a quest. I'm trying to get a quest. (laughs) Yeah, so it was really. He's gay, Clyde. He's gay. Okay, he likes other men. He does not feel that way about you. Please stop touching his penis. Wow, you spoiling games, sir? What? Don't you be Roberto. Don't be Roberto. Hey, 
<laughs> they put out a DLC. Okay, they put out a DLC and made it the entire thing of the quest. If you haven't like heard anything about the internet, and, like, that puts the, the D one, in DLC. The D exactly. <laughs> Uh, so it's an experience I've been. It's actually an experience making me enjoy VR because a lot of the VR games I found are horror games, which I'm not into. So to have an experience where I get to run around and like kill things. Did you say horror games or horrible games? Because I, I heard horrible games. Because I heard VR horror. horror. I mean, I mean, Kalai. I mean the, the the games that I found. I mean, I heard Pornhub has a whole bunch of games that you can play on VR. No, I'm good. Uh, I also got for my birthday. Doom Eternal. Oh boy. Oh nice. Good. Yeah, so I started playing that. It's Doom. It's fun. I haven't got a, a I got to play yesterday. I didn't get a chance to play today, unfortunately. What difficulty are you playing on? Hurt me plenty. Rape my soul. So quick question for you, Kai. Did you play 2016? Hell yeah. Okay, so is it now I've been told that this game is a heck of a lot harder than 2016. Can you confirm? Um, no, well, yeah, I guess it is kind of harder, but it's, it's just the way, you gotta really think about some of the situations, because they take, they put you into these small corridor areas, and then they give you stuff that are these big, hunking things that are hard to fight. You need space to run around, but you don't have that space. So you have to figure your shit out. Yeah, you have to figure shit out. And so I was stuck a lot on some parts where I'm just like, well, I gotta do this over and over again until I figure it out. Like, Gotcha. It's like me when I killed myself a bunch of times in 2016 because I by accident pulled out my rocket launcher and shot a guy in front of me and then it's like, oh, hey, look, took my own damage. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so I'm hoping to get back to that tomorrow. We'll see. But besides that, I haven't been playing much else. I'm, oh, I beat Borderlands 3. I did beat that again. Oh, okay. So are we talking about again? Like, is this? I'm I'm confused. You talk about beating Borderlands so many times. I just don't know whether it's like a new experience for you, an old experience for you. It's with a different console. It's like with someone else. It's on a Switch or a PlayStation. You know, it's I'm just it's all blending in together. I'm just no. I, I beat I Borderlands three it. on X on Xbox. Um, oh, okay. My first. It was my first playthrough. Oh. Um, ending wasn't that great yeah i'll admit i beat borderlands 3 as well i think borderlands 3 it's more the experience of the world itself it builds for you but the actual story i still think all like an actual story story the borderlands 2 is a better story than borderlands 3 oh borderlands 2 is hands down the best story handsome jack is the best villain yeah they need to bring him back the story yeah all right, so we've talked about our games enough. Let's move on to the topic of the show. Corey says, with Final Fantasy VII and Resident Evil changing the way classics play, are we going to see more classic games to be redesigned like this, or what, what genre will they stay the same? So, Corey, why don't you start with this, since it's your topic? Yeah, well, because... take on this? I mean, the big thing is we're seeing that a lot of games are having to change the way they play. Uh, so that they can end up being more involved for the newer generation of people. Like, Final Fantasy VII originally was a turn-based, turn-based, uh, combat system. Old classic RPG where you, it was still in 3D, quote-unquote, that you saw a bunch of people on the left side and a bunch of people on the right side. And the people on the right side would attack the people on the left side and they would go back and forth. And now we're seeing it where Final Fantasy VII Remake 
is being a full playthrough of, you know, it's an action-based RPG. We're not seeing the turn-based. I mean, you can somewhat turn it to that with the classic mode they added, but it's still on the idea of being uh, fully turn-based. And same thing with Resident Evil. We've seen Resident Evil uh, be that top, kind of looking more of like a top-down or like a, a fixed camera location, and then you're just walking around in the world to being... I can a full third person game uh, fully being vitalized for people. Plus it's a lot less of the survival horror, I think personally, and going towards more of the action adventure with low ammo. So let me ask you this, Corey, since you came up with this, do you think they're doing this to appeal to more gamers? Because maybe I know, for example, a good example of what I'm talking about is Roberto, you had trouble playing Final Fantasy seven the first time it came out, correct? No, I never did. Oh, you never did. Okay, but you I never had... played FF Seven. I'm sorry, time. but you did have problem with like turn based combat, correct? Yeah, well, because that comes from the childhood memory that I like to play games where you jump into the action and you're in control of the action and you control everything going on. Like I like real time action, and I admit that I used to rent the game from Blockbuster and I try to understand what's going on, but I never really, really like get into it because I just I didn't understand. There was no tutorials for this type of thing. There was, I didn't understand the combat system. I didn't understand that you need to go and select attacks and select buffs and select heal and things like that. So, like, I got to the Red Scorpion boss in the original when I rented the game, but I wouldn't, I would die because not only would I not save the game, but I, because I didn't really know much about saving, but I just didn't know that there was a whole tactical strategy to fighting this machine and that it was a difficult machine to fight. You know, it's, it's like, I just, I didn't know what the heck this was. I just, I, and I just kind of got disinterested with it. And in fact, when I, I remember when I first picked up kingdom hearts, that was my first big concern. Was this a turn-based game or was this an action game? And it was fortunately an action game. So now I, I've warmed up to turn-based games. I, I, for example, I love steam world heists. Hands down one of the best games I've ever played. And I played XCOM, the original XCOM on my Vita, uh, and, and successfully beat it. I don't know how I did, but I did. And I've warmed up much more to st- turn-based strategy than I have in years past. But na- seeing this now, the way it is, having played the demo at PAX East, I liked where it was going, and I liked what it was doing. I liked how, yeah, that it was making it more accessible to people. Because turn-based strategies are not... I mean, they're accessible, but they can be kind of difficult for people, you know? because. um it's a test of patience. It's a test of using your mind in tactical commands. And there just might be some people out there who don't want to have, like, who want to just jump into the action and just jump into the fray. I will tell you, this game still does that. This game is, well, okay, sorry. If you want to play this game on classic or easy, this game very much, and Joe can probably contest to this, on classic and easy, this game is very much where it's still a, uh, you're not having, you're more of the Kingdom Hearts style action. You can just, attack 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 heal yourself make sure you're using your potions there's not a lot to think about you do this game on normal or hard holy good god is it ridiculous like i'm fighting we talked about the scorpion boss right roberto i to fight that thing it's like okay i have to have on hard i'm having cloud be a healer he's got cure and he's got revive i've got Barrett being a healer, he's got cure and revive. I've got Cloud having to have an HP buff and an MP buff, and then I'm having to have it where they have certain elemental attacks attached to their weapon that I have to have their weapon grafted properly to fit that. And it's a bunch of 
crazy amount of stuff that I have to change. So it's it's definitely different, but uh, it, it definitely makes the game a different type of game. But I, like I say, it's nice because on hard, people like me that like the tactics game, and then that, it'll be good. And like I said, on easy, it makes it a lot easier and more accessible for people that just want to get into the story part of it. Because Kalai, did you have much to do with Final Fantasy on that side of things, especially 7? I know you have played the original, right? I have played the original. I never beat it, but I got pretty far in it. Um, I I liked the tactical version of the game. I just necessarily didn't like the um, it didn't like all the grinding. Sometimes I got bored of grinding. But let's get back to what we're actually. So let me ask you this. Let me let me pull this conversation back. Do you think that there'll be um more classic games will be coming? Um, to newer systems, and what I'm going to do is I'm going to throw it to Joe and get Joe in here. Joe, do you think that they're going to change and add more? They're going to change the way classics play. So I think that Final Fantasy was a good first look at what some of these classic games could do in a modern world, or how they could be structured to work more effectively. And I think it really, you really have to credit Kingdom Hearts series with the birth of Final Fantasy Remake, because without it, there would be no Final Fantasy Remake. Like, if you look at what they did is they took the best parts from the latest Final Fantasy games, and then they took the engine from Kingdom Hearts, and they kind of melded them together, and made this, like, um, um, like, kind of, like, like, beautiful concoction where it takes the best parts of the combat from each one and uses it effectively to to create this new combat system that works even more effectively than the other ones, than the sum of its parts, really. Like, it takes, it gets rid of a lot of the flaws from the other games, and makes the combat fresh, but also engaging, and I think another game, another Squaresoft game, that could really benefit from this game, and I think will be the next game that they remake, and this is kind of like a pilot for it, I think they're gonna finally remake Parasite Eve, and I think they're gonna use the Final Fantasy VII engine to do it. I think it'd be sweet seeing Parasite Eve this type of engine. Imagine shooting and all that stuff in this en- in this engine. It would work perfectly. But the game would be phenomenal. And I think if they did it episodic, just like they're doing this, I think that's where Square's going now. I don't think Square's going to put out any more full games anymore. I don't think that's going to be their mo going forward. I think I think you're going to see a lot of companies start going towards this this piecemeal, piecemeal thing. thing. Yeah. I, and I don't. And here's the thing: Corey and I have this really big theory on final fantasy 7 we think that all the rest of the episodes are going to wind up being either free or at a discounted rate they're not going to be a full 60 dollars game every time no i think it's going to be because like the the interesting part about this and this is where like we talk about gens games that are changing gens um like we've seen a lot of shooters like first person like shooters like borderlands and uh even third person shooters like division where they're having these games where your character maxes out at 50 or 60, your character's not maxing out at 99. 99 has always been the level your character maxes out and that's it. And what they're doing is they're going, hey, look, like Kalai, you've played Borderlands 3 and beat it now. There's two pieces of DLC. If you download those pieces of DLC, they give you a new section of the game to play. That's around a you know four to six hour story. But you also get three extra levels worth of your character. That you're building through the story, and that's the same thing with Final Fantasy VII. It's a level fifty is your max. Division is level thirty, I think, is the max for Division, and they just came out with the new DLC. Now it's level forty. 
So I think we're going to see a lot more games, like a huge difference. And I think, I don't think developers can afford to put out full games anymore. They really can't. They have to find a way to sadly microtransaction the game. All right. So what do you think, Roberto? Yeah. Like just to reel it back to the, the, the core of the conversation here. I think that, yeah, there, 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 it was a known fact that uh, from Capcom, Square, a lot of individuals, especially around when uh, Monster Hunter um, World came out, it was starting to become apparent that nostalgia, when done right, can be a very profitable venue in a very profitable way. But you just, you have to be careful. You have to really read the room because if you just make the same thing and you don't improve upon it, then you might as well just play the original. If you remake something, maybe improve upon something or add something to it. If you remaster something, make touch it up, make it a bit better. Like Capcom, if you recall, early last year, in addition to Resident Evil 2, you also had uh, Onimusha and you had Phoenix Wright. And well, Phoenix Wright's not that old, but you know, still. So, uh, and then now you have Resident Evil 3. So Capcom is really on a roll right now with what it's doing. I can only imagine with Capcom, they're, they're probably going to be tagging into other older games and trying to find a means to bring them back. Maybe maybe uh, Darkstalkers, maybe Bionic Commando, which didn't end so hot in 2009. Maybe they want to try and bring that and give it justice. The game was great. Uh, there's, yeah, yeah, I know. There's some people who got a little bit turned off with the whole, yeah, wife died, but she got made into the robot arm type That thing, game was so. awesome. Uh, it was cool. Did he just spoil the game? Yep. Oh, yeah, he just did it. Yeah. yeah, he just fucking did it again. Yeah, yeah, he did. The game's 10 years old. So you should have played it by now. That's good. We're going to get Roberto a, a, a t-shirt that says, it's I been spoil 10 games. years. It's, it should, it, it says, it's, it's been, been 10, years. 10 years. You should have known the answer. What? I mean, Why do you have a basketball net? What about, what about Informer and everything? What about Mega I, Man? Like, I, yeah. Wait, what? What about me? Oh, Mega Man's another perfect example. Oh, Mega Man's a perfect example, as a matter of fact. Because I think they can make Mega Man had in- all of them on discs in their original format, and then you've had eleven. So that's a perfect example. But what I'm right saying there. is, are we gonna so have a remake? Is, though? So, are we gonna have like a dude? I would love it. We could see, like a, remake a remake in the style of like a first person, like a third person shooter, but it's Mega Man. I mean, I know Mega Man mm. Legends was has been sought after for a long, long time, and people want that oh, to happen. So a remake of like Metroid. Legend. Oh yeah, yeah Metroid. Well, Metroid. They they had a remake uh, on the 3DS. No, but, no, the look at no, Metroid. No, no, Metroid's a good M. example. Prime versus like the 2D, the 2D games. Collides right. So it started off as a 2D side-scrolling adventure, Metrovania, and then it went to a 3D, uh, a fully 3D uh, third first-person shooter. And then it went to Other M, which was a combination of both. Which sucked. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And Other killed M the franchise. Sucked. Single-handedly. But in any case, I think that we're going to have that type of thing where it might be, if, if you get a remake, like, there's going to be remasters, remakes, and, re- and reimaginings. I, I, I'm more and, for the reimaginings. Yeah. Remaster, I, I think, honestly, all three are going to happen. It's just going to be a matter of a creative decision of what's most appropriate for bringing back an old IP. If you remaster it, maybe you want to just bring it back as it looks exactly. was, but just tailor the controllers. Controls, like, for example, with Onimusha, I was able to move around with the analog stick, which was a huge help, and, you know, there was, like, some controls, touch-ups that made the game better. Like, imagine if there they, um, be... Roberto, imagine if they remade the original NES Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game, up all the graphics, but it's, a, but it's a side-scrolling beat-em-up. 
but it takes the same it's, it's in the, the same engine though so you're still walking around you're still walking the overmap's the same so you still have your little turtle sprite that walks but when you, once you go into the sewer it turns like fully 3d and it's a side scrolling beat em up game you mean the one where the tank kids yeah in three seconds Anyway, no, nah, uh, I have bad memories with that one. But anyways, because uh, <laughs> the tank kills you in three seconds. But anyways, um, that being said, um, like it is possible. I mean, I played uh, on that note. I played Tecmo Bowl on PS3 with my nephew, and there's a you hit a button and it switches to 3D, like modern PS3 3D. Really? And then you hit another button and it switches. Yeah, it switches to old. But so it's a matter of the creative choice and the creative dis- director. To find what is most appropriate, and also to matter budgets, to matter of your designs, your engineers, your talents. Uh, if if you have the resources and the talent, and you got what it takes, then you can go for it. You know, like FF Seven Remake. That's lightning in a bottle. What they're doing, what they're doing is risky because you're remaking a video game that is re- regarded as one of the greatest games of all time and beloved by millions. And so far, this looks like they pulled it off and they went above and beyond and, and with flying colors. But there might be other remakes out there that might not be so good or might not be well as well received. Like I saw like there was a new interpretation of AVP back in 2010, Alien vs. Predator. I personally I love, love that it. game too. Uh yeah, but peep some people but Game Informer gave it a five out of ten. Game Informers can suck a dick. And I was just like, why would you do this? But it's just some people were not clicking with it. And um that might have been a risk well, to, to take with remaking well, kind of remaking or redoing something like that. But it's it's a matter of, of the creative choices, but I think yes, we are going to see a lot of that. Um, so what about uh, Kalai? What do you think? I think that we are going to see reimagining of games, but I'm going to look at it from a dis- different perspective. I think we're going to see Japanese games modernized to an American standard. What they're doing with whoa, Final whoa, Fantasy? Whoa! Did you VII, just say American standard? Yes, North American standard. Yeah. Or like Western standards. Probably. Are we talking about European yeah, standards? Because technically, you look at any big game that's ever come out is actually either European or Japanese. Thank you. Well, I'm just saying that what games are popular? Red Dead Redemption. Uh, you know, uh, I want to say The Witcher, but I know that's European. But that style <laughs> of not turn-based. And I'm wondering if they're moving games to that new genre to bring more people back to their so turn base. Let's so you're talking about more of a, like the, the ignoring the 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 turn based combat and bringing it back more of the action oriented combat that was like western style exactly. RPGs pretty much. Yeah, like, exactly. So That's what I was trying to say. Kind of like what Mass exactly. Effect did, right? Yeah. Yes. But with what happened was they put out Final Fantasy 15 and had probably a big huge resurgence with Final Fantasy Final Fantasy oh, 15 was the best-selling Final Fantasy to date. It still is the best right. on day one, compared to fi- even then, Final like, Fantasy 7. And you also have to factor in that 13 was like was still popular, but was kind of regarded as a disappointment. So to see 15 come back to form was like it, it, it got people to say, "Hey, if this is where they're going with their games, this is pretty cool." I I, I, I mean, I still play. 15, I, I, but, sa- I sadly um, think that the reason why 15 sold very well though is because it was the first time in a while that. Uh, Xbox actually got a good RPG to come to their system. I think it's only because it was a next generation Final Fantasy True. game and people were yeah. itching for a new Final Fantasy game that wasn't a fucking online game. 
Because if you hey, talk Final to, Fantasy fourteen is one of the best selling online games out li- there. Listen, it is. But if you talk yeah. to core Final Fantasy fans, they don't count the online one as numbered entries, and they don't think that they no, should count as numbered entries. They but shouldn't let's, count. Let's, if I may encourage something, gentlemen, let's move beyond FF and Capcom because we we keep uh, because we go on that. Let's think of other remakes, remasters. Uh, things like that. Like I was thinking about RoboCop versus the Terminator just now on the SNES. Okay, I'd love to see that. What back. would you do with it? I'm what sure... would you do with it? Um, definitely uh, turn it into a 3D uh, side scroller. See if I can try and make it voice acted. Get a uh, at, uh, Weller back. Um, I don't know about well Schwarzenegger. He doesn't really need to speak, but like you can get him in like get his likeness at least. Um, definitely go along the Frank Miller graphic novel. This weird very dystopic cyberpunk t- telling of the fact that robocop is a man is part man part machine and the fact that he's the catalyst of skynet what do you do when you're part man part machine and you know your future your dark future that you're going to be the thing that starts skynet Why? what, what game know? do you want and how will skynet stop you like that's but robocop that's that's great sci- uh i got another example vortex on the snes i would love to see that in full how theme. about we hear from Kali? um yeah well, okay. <laughs> I, I, I know we kind of went off on a tangent not, not to, on, on Collider not, there on a yeah, Western or PG. Not to interrupt, gentlemen, but it's just we're turning into the Final Fantasy, Fantasy episode. Like, I know. Well, it's what sparked the whole that, discussion. It's, just, it's what sparked the discussion. I, so, and yeah, I'll get back to Final Fantasy also, in a minute, we'll but Collider first. Streets of Rage comes out on Friday, too. So. No, it comes out the 30th now. They moved it back a week. Yeah. Okay, Collider. Um, yeah, I mean, so I think with the with Final Fantasy fifteen becoming so popular because of the change in combat and appealing to a new audience, I don't know how much the newer generation appeals to the turn base, which is why I asked Roberto about the turn base. He's starting to get into it, but it's not his favorite thing. So I'm thinking we're going to have a lot more Japanese games um, that were ter- that are turn based into a modernized thing. That's like I don't know. Could you imagine ooh, dare I say it? Fire emblem? That's like an action but, RPG? But but that yeah, as an action art they kind of It'd be pretty fucking sweet, words. actually. I I think that would be cool. I mean they 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 definitely it definitely lent itself to a Mushu game or a Musu game more than I thought it would. Like Fire Emblem Warriors is actually a, a pretty decent title with a lot of content and it holds up pretty well in a different genre. I mean, would I want to see it as an action game? No. Um, Clyde, what other examples would you would you would you think that would be good? Uh, well, I mean, they've already done Monster Hunter. Okay, I feel like I, I've got one. I've got one that's completely left field. Remaking the X Men arcade beat 'em up. Done as a 3D beat 'em up, but it could be on the idea of like making your character and leveling them up and doing all that and being more of an action adventure. That'd be cool. I'd jive with that. I mean, I I would even jive with um taking say um like the original Double Dragon. No, Double Dragons. Uh, Double Dragon. I would see what I would do with Double Dragon is I would throw a mad ass story on Double Dragon. And use like the kind of what the bouncer did, and what the bouncer tried to do. But I would throw Double Dragon's story into the bouncer, and it would make the bouncer like a legitimate game. Because the problem with the bouncer was the story was kind of eh. 
but the bouncer had something there. It really it's tried good. to do something different with the beat em up genre. And the only other game I've ever seen try to do this with the beat em up genre is um uh beat down streets of New York. Like it tried to it tried to change the beat em up genre to be something else. Like beat down, like you you beat people up, but you leveled up your characters. It wasn't just a straightforward beat em up. Like there was story, there's there's cutscenes, there's missions. Um, if I could take any game and remake it from the ground up and give it a fresh coat of paint, I would definitely do it to one of the franchises that is beloved and dear to all of us, and that's Grand Theft Auto. Like Dead Space. Grand Theft Auto. I would take the first Dead Space. I would take the first right. I would take the first two Grand Theft Autos and remake them in the style of Grand Theft Auto five. From the ground up. And then for me, I would probably consider going back to Colony Wars. That's uh, giving nice. that a fresh coat of paint. Um G police the so we can hopefully get a third game because the second game ended on a cliffhanger. The um there's a Assault Suit Vulcan on the SNES, which that's a great game. Um, that could that can turn into like a I can imagine that being like a third person mech shooter action game. There's I mean there's a a lot of ideas and I just think, I definitely think that it's endless. It, it's it's uh, yeah it's like there's a lot of possibility. Um, one thing in particular that I remember my earliest memory um at the first PAX East in 2010, somebody had talked about Prince of Persia because in 2008, you had the really nice cel-shaded comic book looking Prince of Persia, which I actually recently discovered in my back lot of PS3 games. I never finished. The so Sand of Time? I'm going to need to Or the, the one, yeah. the Jake Gyllenhaal one. No, no, it's, there was a cel-shaded one where Nolan North was the voice. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And that was the one they made after that. Yeah, yeah. That's a great well, game. people hated it because you, you know, well, people it. hated it because you you can't die, and I'm just like, bruh. I didn't I mean, like it because of the. I just didn't like it because it was it was too linear and not enough puzzles. Game was great I though. though. I like no, no 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 no. There's two of them. A lot of people. Okay, there was there was the shell shaded one that came out in 2008. Then there was another one that came out afterwards, which was amazing. 2010, that the Forgotten Sands, which was really good. The one before that right, was the that, one that was. everybody forgot where it's the princess helping you out all the time where you'd fall in the hole and she'd grab you. Oh, is this the one where Ooh. she had to like lift you out? Yes, yes. Oh no, fuck that game. That game sucked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. That's the one that well, I remember was people about. talking and saying, but a lot of people liked it too. Like I remember people talking saying, please uh, return to that, you know, if you can, you know, because it was really nice. And that's I would, Forgotten Sands was the last time we got a POP game. I would game. like a POP game in the uh, style of Uncharted. Well, I think it would work because I I know the big thing. The reason why I brought up the topic is because I think certain gens need a fresh coat of paint. So just I know to close, I, we could go on this for hours. Um, I just want like a, maybe a final thing from like everyone of what gen they think needs a coat of paint. Like to get a night. Like I know, like okay, RPGs already been done, so we know that's been done. First person shooters. I don't know what else we can do with that. My choice would be beat 'em ups. I think we need beat 'em ups to like be redone and get a fresh coat of paint because it's a serious it's a type of game style that hasn't been touched yet it needs to come back yeah and joe what about i guess you agree with me eh? Beat em up i would like- yeah i would love to, I, like if i could have uh, like my my dream game would be to have like a brand new and they could just call it like teenage mutant ninja turtles 5 and it takes place after the super nintendo game it could even be in that that like style of graphics or they could up it and make it nice but i would like it to either go all the way back to the comics and be like comic cell shaded and be a beat em up, but I want it to tell like a nice gritty story. Like I want a full story in a beat em up. I don't want like 
I want like character beats. I want like people to die. I want all this cool stuff in a beat 'em up. I think leveling up your characters in a beat 'em up would be kind of cool too. Like getting power ups. Like it's been tried, but it's never been executed fully. I think, I think what the bouncer did and what Square did really worked out. And my final thought on this whole topic is, and I've talked to Corey about this numerous times, I think the potential for Square to turn around and do the same treatment they did with Final Fantasy VII Remake and use it to revitalize Final Fantasy XIII is a huge possibility now. They could fix all the issues with Final Fantasy XIII if they use this engine and they re-release the story in the game. Clive, what do you think? What's your what, what's your genre that you would kind of revitalize with, you know, changing it or adding a new fresh coat of paint to it? I'm going to go backwards on this one. Okay. How right. about sports games? I want to see NBA Jam come back. I want to see NBA 2K done in the style of NBA Jam. Uh, NBA Jam's coming back. It's already come back. We already got that. Did you not see the like the uh, what was it? That was like we were when we were talking about this topic. There, the company that makes all the video game cabinets. They're making an NBA Jam video game cabinet. Yeah, the arcade one up. And they're making it so it's online accessible. Yeah, it'll be the first ever arcade one up arcade that can play online. It's pretty cool. But I like that. Yeah. I would love NBA Jam to be remade for newer consoles that doesn't play like crap. I mean, I feel like they did put a fresh coat of paint on sports games in the last few years, Clyde. Remember when I was talking about like Longshot and Madden and having like a story mode and sports games? That's only been going on for like the last ten years. I think that really helped I know, but revitalize those franchises. Sports, the sports games became too complicated. Like I like the simpler Oh, you Ar- want arcade sports games? You want arcade sports games to come back? Yeah, Kyle I agree. Ninety NHL ninety three. Yeah, where you could just shoot the fucking puck and you don't have to worry about like winding the stick back. And uh, fuck NHL games, they're horrible to play now. I, Corey, I know you're Canadian. I know it's probably sacrilege to say this, <laughs> but fuck the NHL right now because those games are horrible. It's same thing with MLB the Show. I love MLB the Show, but the first thing I do when I play MLB the Show is I switch the fucking control back to one button batting. Because I hate using swing stick. Hate it with a passion. It's like my least favorite thing to do is swing with the controller. No, I just want to hit a button. What about Roberto? Is there a genre that you think should be revived or changed? Yeah. Well, um, before I answer that, just uh, um, I would like to see NFL Blitz return. Hell yeah! Oh Uh, boy. Updated rosters? Yeah. But in any case, um... I would like to see... A couple shmup genres, shmups. I can definitely see. I want to see more shmups on everything. I want to see like sh- like spaceship shooters are great. They're quick. They're easy. They're inexpensive. Um, I'd like to see a whole resurgence of that on every platform. Me too. I'd have to say that. Um, I mean, we covered RPGs. Would you like a shmup with a um like Roberto? What if I pitched you a shmup with like a deep like like story? in the shmup it's not just a shmup anymore it's like got this deep story where like characters can die and like there's different things that can happen how would you feel about that that could revitalize this sh- that would be pretty cool that could revitalize you know the there's also genre. there's also vehicular based games that i i think are very sorely missing today the metal where you got it where you pilot a mech or you pilot an aircraft or Star Fox. something like that you know star of course yeah star fox honestly should have had like a mass effect style game by now um you know, like just just because there's a whole world there that's untapped that we're not getting into at all, um, and there's there's plenty like that. I'd have to say those kinds of games. Yes, the um, 
I mean, we we talked about strategy games. We talked about uh, I'd say like the 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 RTSs, real time strategy. I would love to see more franchises adapted into that because I mean, turn based, yes, but at the same time, I was just thinking about Front Mission just now, and we haven't had a Front Mission game since 2010 when it was turned into a third person shooter, which was actually pretty good, but nobody bought it. So uh, I would like to see a lot more turn-based games come, uh, well, RTSs come back, just real-time strategy, and utilizing that and adapting a lot of more IPs into that measure. Tower Defense could use a bit of a comeback right now, uh, that mainly the, there's a, a handful of Tower Defense games in existence, and I think that that would be pretty cool to tap further into. I'd have to say, though, that the biggest thing would be, would be spaceship shooters, shmups, and vehicular-based games, like whether you're flying around in a starship or blowing things up as twisted metal or you're in a battle tank just something along those lines you know what i just realized they're easy and accessible would be amazing joe and i just thought about it what's up is uh star wars knights of the old republic done in the final fantasy 7 engine well you got my money (laughs) just take it all and and on that note, who knows? Um, maybe I know EA has not had a very good track record with the Star Wars license, but maybe, <laughs> maybe they're, they're, not uh, they're thinking games. about like, but possibly maybe somebody said, "Yo, let's knock the bullshit off and let's just get things done." And maybe they're thinking about nostalgia. As a matter of fact, Star Wars Episode One oh, Racer is stop, coming out stop. May fourteenth, uh, and <laughs> what do you, mean you just stop? love this, this game is, so this much. Is what we're ta- because it's fun it's cool but like that's what it's about so like um i think that like you know the asper media has also made star wars jedi academy and jedi academy 2 i would pay 15 20 bucks for rogue squadron battle for naboo if they were able to pour x-wing versus tie fighter sign me up 60 bucks each or both i'd buy them because those were some of the best Star Wars games ever. So my point being is maybe there's somebody out there that's hopefully saying, yo, let's bring this stuff back. Let's party like it's 1998. I want again. Rogue and Collection. Let's go. All right, guys. There's no Rogue Squadron Collection. It's just one Rogue Squadron. Oh, we got to... Oh, wait. No, no, no. No, you're right. There's three games. So, yeah. Okay. You're good. You're good. All right. All right, guys. Correct. Let's let Kalai do this thing. Yes. Yeah, Kalai, one last thing yeah, for your view. Uh, no, you you already, you already asked me a question. We're past that. We're on oh. to... Top. We're actually on to questions. <laughs> Topic of the over. week. Yeah, it's been a long day. Andrew Middlemoss asks, "Do you find your eyes hurt after long gaming sessions or intense gamings like shooters or racers?" For context, I'm 37, and I have found lately, after getting back into For Honor, Gears Five, and now Modern Warfare, my eyes get super strained after long periods of play when I don't wear my gunner glasses. Um, I'm going too blind to really see any difference i i did notice i do know though that if i play um with a room with my lights off makes a huge difference i kid you not if i turn off my lights where the only thing on is the tv it does happen um but for me i also know that that's why when i ordered my new pair of glasses i made sure they had the blue lens in them so that my eyes could do it so i mean that's that's something where i do i do feel that i mean we all wear glasses here except for you Kali, so i mean I don't know. I'd say um, it, it it's like from like I typically play like even if I play at night I have like one extra light on, uh, so I I notice like the not really so much eye strain, 
I think the ice stream would come for more like portable play if for long periods. But where it really comes is um, if I'm playing something that has a lot of like forward like uh, movement, you know, like 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 a rock band. Like I, I forgot what game I was playing, but something like that happened, and my eyes, I, you feel my eyes get like dizzy. I mean, I typically get the 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 eye feeling like they're melting type thing, but that's only if like I am really neck deep into a, into something on the key, on the computer screen or TV screen. Uh, so, funny story, I do wear glasses, Corey. Well, you should be wearing them now, Kalai. How dare you not wear glasses? Just, you I gotta join. them now. We could change from GameStop to the Four-Eyed Podcast. Yeah, we could yeah, change I, our name. I, I switched to contacts years ago. No, nah, I'm not touching my eyes. See, that's um, the thing. Act- we just talked about lenses and blue glasses and them making sense. And now you're going to tell people that they should wear contacts and not try to be like nerds. Trying to fit out of the box, Kalai. Trying to join VR. the reggies. VR. Get the exercise, Kalai. Or be like Joe and just don't play it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, back, back, to, back to the question. Um, very rarely, sometimes I get a headache. Um, I do have gutters. Uh, unfortunately, my gunners, I feel like they get very, a lot of schmuck on the glasses, so it kind of is annoying. I heard that if you want to clean them, you're best to clean them off with alcohol. Mm-hmm. So, um, which is really good, but no, I'm pretty much been trained to stare at TVs for so long that it doesn't bother me, and in fact, I, I do actually watch multiple things at once, like I watch TV and play video games, so I tend to not have to worry about that. Let's go to our next uh, question. I didn't even fucking answer the question. What's up with that? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go. (laughs) Joe plays too many video games. Uh, No, I don't get eye strain. You know why? No, I'm not going to say why because that'd be kind of (laughs) mean. No, um, I really don't notice a difference in my eyesight when playing video games. Um, Probably because, like Corey, I am also going blind. And when the day finally comes when I can no longer see out of my two beautiful hazel eyes. Yes, they're hazel. If anyone wants to know, um, then I will be very upset because I can no longer uh, play video games or watch movies, which are like my two favorite things to do. Besides spend time with my wife and my child, of course. Good ad in there. CJ asks, what drives you to podcasts? What do you enjoy about it? What do you know now that you wished you had known when you started? What does gaming mean to you? So is he talking about, like, what drove us to do our own podcast, or what drives us to listening to other podcasts? No, what drives us to podcast? Why do we podcast? To be better than Trophy oh. Horse? I mean, it, it, for me, it's actually more of a... Uh, it's the halfway step become, between coming a streamer, personally, for me. Like, I've always had... Uh, people may not believe this, but... As an individual, I do have problems with being in crowds and like trying to be the like talk and talk to new people and stuff like that. And I think just uh, meeting with, you know, four people that I've never met in person or three people because I include myself. (laughs) Nice math skills. (laughs) Maybe we should play more division. (laughs) Yeah, we need to do more math class, go to division so I can understand math no i just find that it uh, for me it actually it drove me to it's that halfway point where you can get relaxed and talking in general knowing your voice is going to be out there and your opinions are going to be out there and having to think on your feet because whatever i say here will go on the internet and forever shame me so i mean if i talk <laughs> about you know wearing man diapers like 24 7 all the time 365 days a week and then 
post a picture online of me doing it, I mean, it's going to be there forever. So, I mean, it's something you have to just naturally get better at. And I thought this is a nice way to move into that streaming environment. And it's just nice to be able to talk to people that are like-minded. Okay. And um, what do you know that now that you wish you had known when you started? Um, that, uh, you know, maybe knowing that I should have probably have bought a better computer or like, you know, focused at least on that. So my podcast could be a little bit better. Um, owning a Mac to edit podcasts is a lot easier. Um, and, uh, uh just equipment wise, it definitely something where, you know, you really learn really quickly about, Hey, I can just use this, whatever mic, cause it looks cool. And it works, right? And then you try it and it doesn't work. Plus, you know, I wish I would have known more social media aspect of like Twitter and stuff like that on the idea of like going that crazy. But Kalai, I know you've like expanded a lot since this whole thing. Yeah. And uh, what does gaming mean to you? Quickly. Oh, gaming? Um, It means uh, bringing, it's just something to do in my spare time that's brought me together with a lot of people. Okay. So let's go over to Joe. Joe, what drives you the podcast? Uh, first and foremost, it's to be better than uh, the Trophy Horse podcast. That's what drives me to podcast. Well, I mean, we've already done that. So what's your next goal? Oh, yeah. Since we crushed that first goal, uh, my new goal is... Oh, and really, honestly, my goal to podcast is to spread my love of gaming. It's what drove me to want to do a podcast with Kali in the first place. It's I found someone that I like to talk to games about, and I was like, maybe they'd like to hear what I think about games, and maybe they'd like to hear me talk about games. I feel like I have a good opinion when it comes to games. Not as good as Roberto. Roberto is the best out of all of us. He, that's what he does. I mean, he's just so amazing at getting his thoughts out there, and I really commend him for being able to put himself on the line all the time. And not, He doesn't get enough credit for how good he is and how amazing he is when it comes to sharing his knowledge and love for video games and i just want to be surrounded by three other people who i know um are not only my podcast mates here but my friends in real life and though i've never met Corey in real life he is one of my best friends in the entire world and we spend a lot of time on playstation together and a lot of time talking on the phone and that would never have been possible unless i started this podcast with Kalai. so i thank Kalai very much for doing this with me because if not for her i wouldn't know Corey and I don't know what would I I'd be pretty bored without Corey. Takes up I a mean lot who of else me. would he talk who else would he talk to about butt stuff? And who else would I hang out with at three o'clock in the morning, Eastern Standard Time? Talking about butt stuff. I, I changed my entire life for Corey. I stay up so late to hang out with him. <laughs> he sleeps yeah, in a I different would... bed than his own wife. That that's All dedication. Right, let's, go to the, <laughs> let's go to the next question. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? Um, I wish I knew how much um, equipment played a part in what we do and the quality of it. Though I don't necessarily believe that putting out the best quality podcast makes you a great podcast. I believe that learning how to use better technology will better suit you in the long run. I, I mean, I think that's the goal here is just to put out a quality show with what we have. And though we don't have like the most expensive mics in the world or the greatest setups or computers that function half the time... We still put out a pretty decent product. And I feel like... Yeah. I honestly feel that I wish that I knew... I w- What do I wish that I really knew? I wish that I knew that... I don't know what I wish I knew. But I feel like I, feel like I wish I knew to buy better equipment to start with. Who to talk to about getting Hot Duty Dog developed? 
It's coming soon. Oh. All right. And what does gaming mean to you quickly? Everything. Gaming means everything okay. to me. So it it's the, my lifeblood. I mean, I I game almost not almost every day. I do game every day and I think gaming is an integral part of my life. And a lot of people say like it's an addiction. Yeah, but so are a lot of other things in life, but I feel like I have a healthy addiction because I still go to work, I still make a living, I still have, you know, I still have a relationship with my family and my wife, and I feel like a lot of that stuff, while maybe it does suffer a little bit from how much I do game, I, f- <laughs> I feel like I wouldn't be the person I am if I, if I wasn't a gamer. All right, let's go over to Roberto. Roberto, what drives you to podcast? It's fun. It's a great way to get your opinions and your thoughts out there, learn new things, consider other people's viewpoints of how gaming is different for them, as well as to absorb knowledge. The, we are just a bunch of people with different backgrounds, different livelihoods, different interests, different experiences that are sharing thoughts and the, 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 the spoken word through the power of computers and audio. There are no corporations, governments, or anything that are that's mitigating what we have to say and what we have to speak. What we speak is honesty and truth. So that's always like something important there that that'll always be more uh, worth its weight in gold. And I know podcasting gets a bad rep because there's people out there who use the podcast to say something horrible about something, or you know, especially last year with Captain Marvel and all that stuff. But I feel that podcasting is so much more than just a bunch of angry people getting mad over a mic or, you know, and sharing angry opinions. I have a feeling like podcasting began as a means to share thoughts and information on the go on your iPods and commutes. So podcasting is in that sense is is still very strong. And I and I that's what brings me to it. And I admit that. Thanks, Joe, for everything you said, because I podcasted before. And it's like, unfortunately, in this business, you would, you would think there wouldn't be any clicks, you know, like you would find in high school, but there are, unfortunately. And like, I was on a podcast for a time and then just, they would just do it without me. And it was always kind of sad because I was like, I want to be able to share my opinion here, but you know, and, um, that was when I was with writing for Niche Gamer and it's nice to be able to share that with other people and be able to have a chance to, to share that. Uh, so that's what keeps me going in. Plus it's fun. And it's, it's kind of, a, um, it's, especially in these times, this is, this helps like still keep your, your, your sense of connectivity and community. All right. So what do you, uh, I'm sorry. What do you know now that you wish you had known when you started? Um, Definitely get a better laptop. Um, not that my machine's bad, but I still need to be one of us, as Kalai says, with the PC thing. Uh, you know, getting a better machine. Um, I'd say definitely consider other viewpoints. You, I mean, I've always been a PlayStation Nintendo person all my whole life, but Nintendo, Final Fantasy, Xbox, all those things matter differently to different people to each person. So it's it, like always consider why they are, uh, why they, they, they feel the way they feel and try and better understand it. As Kalai says, learn the art of a conversation. That's one of them. And just, uh, really, really get a pulse for how people interact with you on a podcast or interact with you in this business. Cause like 
unfortunately, like one of the other sad truth is that you're going to find a lot of people who also share the same interests as gaming, but they may not be the healthiest persons. They may not be the right persons to be around. And if they feel make you feel uncomfortable for any reason, you don't ha- you're not under no obligation to be around them. And that's that's a lesson I learned last year in 2019. Uh, you know, all things considered. So I'd have to say that being said, that definitely just um, that that can happen anywhere. But just find the people you click with, find the people that you feel comfortable with, that you can laugh with, that you know, wishes you a happy birthday, and uh, maybe just checks in from time to time how you're doing, and those are the right people to be around. And when you have that, then uh, you got friends, and you can do things that you never thought were possible. And what does gaming mean to you? Oh my god, uh, yeah, like just basically that is, it is everything in the sense of that is my that my world of creativity, expression, humanity, where you can get lost and just say to hell with today's problems for a little bit and just be a warrior, be a soldier, be a monster, be a samurai, be a badass chick with two guns, like dual wielding guns, be a, um, you know, a, a Jedi, be a guy who's delivering packages across post-apocalyptic America. Um, with a baby strapped to your chest. So just like do all sorts of, all, all, also, or, or learn urban parkour. Like there's so many different things you can do. And you really, like back when I was, you really develop memories of playing these games, especially with other people. And they just, those memories are, are, are forever. I think that's the biggest thing. Memory, the memory of playing with my sister when we played Echo the Dolphin, the memory of um, that one time my, my mom tried to play Grand Theft Auto, the memory of, um, playing Earth Defense Force with my nephew for the very first time. And the memory of playing online with one of my, like, Super Smash Brothers with one of my best friends from college, and even Animal Crossing the other day with Corey and my friend Matt. Like, those memories are forever. And you won't forget that one time when you were feeling down and gloomy and your friend comes over and it's like, yo, let's just get Chinese food and beer and just, you know, be totally rowdy with Super Smash. And we were, and it was, it was tremendous. So. Gaming is everything. It's memory. It's humanity. It's just human story. The developers, the artists, everybody that's involved in a game, telling their story, creativity, and ideas, and sharing those ideas with the world. It, taking something that doesn't exist and making it exist. It's like that's a magical process. So uh, that's everything. I, I intend to make this ga- gaming the center of my world um, wherever I go out there and. Um, I'm going to keep on going until, you know, they eventually run out of game systems or something. So, <laughs> and with this backlog beatdown, I got to say it's, it's been fantastic because I've been able to see different ideas and things that I never thought I would see. So, yeah. All that's right. My, that's my, that's my answer. All right. So here are my answers. What drives you to podcast? I like making people happy. And so if my podcast gives you a smile on your face or you like something I say, you want to interact with mm-hmm. me, then um, that's then I'm happy. I did my job. I, I made you laugh. I made your day brighter, and that always um, uh, that's what I enjoy about it. Uh, what do you know now that you wished you had known when you started? Um, that doing a podcast is a lot of work. It's not just oh hey let's get together and talk. Uh, there's editing, there's topics, there's research, there's uh, planning. And the more people you have on the podcast, the harder the planning gets because you have to compromise for people's schedules. 
Um, what does gaming mean to me? Um, growing up, I didn't have a lot of friends. Um, I felt like quite a loser. And gaming always made me feel like a winner. And still to this day, it makes me feel like a winner. So that's why I game. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I agree. Yeah, it's unfortunately that's truth. And I, I am so happy now that I found people like Joe and Corey and Roberto who can talk about the same passion that I have about gaming. And so, yeah, pretty much my answers. So thank you for the questions, guys. Um, if you do like us, please subscribe and rate us. It does help us. We have a Twitter account. It's GameStuffCast. We have a Facebook group. Just search GameStuffPodcast. Ask for an invite and we'll invite you. Um, we do have a Patreon page. It's patreon.com forward slash provengamer. We also have a merchandise page, which is in our show notes. So you could totally get a nice hoodie with our uh, logo on it. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Kalai21, that's K-A-L-A-I, the number 21. You can find Roberto at Jehuti88, that's J-E-H-U-T-Y-88. You can find, uh, Corey at the Grounded Gamer, double D, no E. And you can find, uh, Joe at Mr. TMNT84, that's, uh, capital M-R, capital T-M-N-T-84. But, of course, you can always find us talking in the Facebook group. Uh, we are sponsored by Amazon. Just go to ProvenGamer.com, click on any Amazon link, and do your shopping like normal. It helps out the site. It doesn't cost you a thing. We are also partnered with Humble Bundle. Uh, we support the charity Extra Life. You can find a link in the show notes. Go do some PC shopping, some Switch shopping, get games, like your children out. Um, if you like us, you can check out our other show, The Trophy Whores, and sometimes PG Spoilers. I do want to thank Isaac Sago for, for our logo and the band Take Away the Ugly for the music. So thank you guys. And thank you for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Game Stuff. Talk to you guys later. May the force be with you. Oh, sorry. Uh, may the force be with you, everyone. And uh, stay safe, stay well, and uh, wash your hands. Guys, keep gaming. And uh, I'll talk to you on the other side. Check you later.